All right, Keith, welcome. I've got three questions that I wanted to ask Keith, and uh, it's, it's interesting because I'd actually filmed his testimony a few weeks ago, and then this week, has anyone ever gone to get a video off your phone or laptop or the camera that you filmed it on, and it's all gone? I'm like, I called Keith, I was like, hey, I don't know what's happened, but um, I, I have been trying to capture this man's story because I'm so inspired uh, by Keith. And the first question that I wanted you to ask you was, how long have you been following the Lord, and what did that look like to develop the ability to hear God's voice? Well, um, I've been following the Lord for about 43 years now. Um, I was as drunk as a skunk one night, and, and I'd had gone through a whole lot of real major problems. My brother had died. I'd nearly lost my wife after childbirth. And we had five, well, four kids at that stage and a marriage that was a shambles. And um, one night I got down on my knees and I said, Lord God, if there is a God, help. And the Lord, I knew from that moment the Lord existed and that he loved me, but I didn't know him. So I went up to a phone box a couple of days later and on the um, phone box, on the phone books, there's a um, copy of the New Testament with, this is for you if you want it. So I took it and read it cover to cover twice, and I thought that's a good story, and promptly got into the paranormal stuff. And um, one night I was looking at mind control and um, starting to think that I'd have a go at this, and this voice, and I don't know whether it was audible or not, said, this is too dangerous, don't touch it. And the next book I got was The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsay, his explanation of the revelation, and um, I thought, well, this seemed about right. And at the same time, because I was a civil structural engineer by trade, um, I got a job for the Salvation Army and the, got talking to the captain there and ended up asking Christ into my life. I was, it was one of these ones, Lord, please forgive my sins and come into my life. It was no sort of detailed um, look at the sinfulness or anything, any real forgiveness. And the next thing was an engineering colleague of mine um, who was a very spiritful Christian and had very strong in words and knowledge, he rang me up and said, but I'd like to go to a full gospel dinner. So I went to the full gospel dinner and I thought the whole lot of them were crazy. So, but the next month, for some funny reason, I had to go. And that, at that meeting, this man from Wangarei had a... Um, he had a word of knowledge which made me realise I needed to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so I did. But I never really got tongues at that stage. And um, Anyway, another couple of weeks later, my friend rings me up and said he got two tickets for the um, convention dinner for the full gospel businessman. And Demos Shakirian, who started it, was coming out from the States. Well, he was late. He arrived just after the dinner when we just started to sing choruses. And at this point, my wife said, I've got to get out of here. I cannot stand this. And that started six months of absolute hell. She just couldn't cope with it. The, the Spirit in her couldn't cope with the Holy Spirit in me. And if you've got anyone you know who's unequally yoked and they ask you for prayer, well, whatever you do, pray for them right there and then on the spot because they ain't asking it for no reason. And um, anyway, 
after about oh, during this time the Lord started to reveal sinfulness in my life and I had to lay it all down and then my friend turned up because we were working on a job together and I asked him to pray for me to receive the baptism of the gift of tongues and from a couple of days later I was walking around the golf course and um, all of a sudden I just started praying in tongues and from that day on I just pray and pray in tongues hour after hour after hour it's nothing it's not unusual for me to pray 8, 10, 12 hours in the day in tongues it's, it's just gone on like that and this is really how I started hearing the Lord's voice was he I would be praying in tongues and then the Lord talked to me and I didn't know anything I I was a good Methodist boy I didn't have a clue about spiritual things and um, so he started talking to me and then I, I hadn't got a clue what about um, gifts of tongues and interpretation but anyway as it progressed Gradually I found that I could hear the Lord's voice without him, without having to pray in tongues, although tongues is a very important part of my life. And um, with the home situation, by this stage we had five kids aged from one to ten, and, and the stress and tension was so bad I didn't go to church. So for 18 years I never really went to church, only once in the blue moon. And... Um, in fact, I was terribly disappointed when I went because they didn't have half as good a time as I used to get at home with the Lord. And he's, in the 6th of March, 1982, he said he was calling me to be a prophet and that um, he was going to teach me through, the faith, through a faith college. Well, in actual fact, the faith college was the Lord would tell me to um, read a passage or even a book of scripture and then he would explain it to me. And I've got what my sister typed it up for me, 70,000 words of those teachings. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with them. They just sit there. Um, anyway, what the Lord was saying was that he is going to move in New Zealand. New Zealand is going to become a Christian nation that... New Zealand has got a special purpose for him in, in the end times. And he said, I'm calling you, the, the call that is on your life is to help to prepare for the return of Jesus. And whether it is in, I don't believe that it will be in my lifetime that, that Christ will return, but I have a, a specific call on my life in the next period. And what the Lord is going to do, he's going to use natural things to put the pressure on the people of New Zealand until they suddenly start to realise that they can no longer rely on themselves, but they have to turn to him. Now, it sounds harsh, and, and I know that some people are very upset by this because they think that God is a God of love. But since 19... From 1991 to 2013, which was um, four censuses, the New Zealand people saying that they were Christians has went from 70% to 40%. I tried to analyse it for 2018 census, and as far as I could figure out, at that stage it was about 35%. Now, this includes all the cults and everything else. 
So we've had a halving over uh, 27 years. There's been a halving in the number of Christians in New Zealand. And, and people say, oh, but, um, you know, God's got to love. He won't bring pressure on us. But he, the only way he can get the hearts of the people to turn back to him is by putting the pressure on them. And we're going to go through some extremely hard times. He's going to use earthquakes. He's going to use tsunamis. He's going to use drought. He's going to use floods, which you, we've already seen. Um, he's going to, there's going to be more pestilences. There's going to be um, <laughs> insects like we've never seen before. And they'll so, be... So can I ask? It's going to be hard. And, but it, it's... God is not seeking to destroy. He is seeking to bring the people to him. Is it, is it better that um, people go through hard times or that, say, five million go to hell? That, that's the option. And so, and so you've already answered my second question. What do you think is, is prophetically is happening in New Zealand at the moment? And it's, and it's a stirring and it's, a, it's a God just drawing his people back to him. So what do you think, you know, is, um, what's an encouragement for the church? What do you think we should be doing as a church, um, as his people in this time? Well, God wants his people to stand, and he wants us to draw closer to him. He wants us to come under the umbrella of his wings. Um, like Psalm 91 says about coming under God's wings, he wants to guide us, he wants to protect us and keep us, and he wants us to press into him. And and really, this is a time, I really believe that there's one big wave of the Holy Spirit coming upon this nation to start the whole proceedings off. And if you are not prepared, you won't catch that wave. You've got to be prepared. You've got to press into God now. You've got to learn to hear his voice and to, to walk with him. And um, I guess if you're looking at a, uh, what preparation people should do for themselves, well, I think it's very important you should have a decent emergency kit, the way they've been talking about, and particularly that you should have a reasonable supply of drinking water. That that's they've got those ten litre or something um, carboys or whatever you call them at the supermarkets, we'll get two or three of those and just to have it there as an emergency and if it gets past its use by date, use it to water the plants. <laughs> but but you do need to take reasonable precautions, but the most important one is to press into God at this time. So would you just pray for us? Pray for us that we would hear the voice of God and that we would grow in our, our clarity of his voice. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are a God who cares for us, your people, and that you're reaching out to us and drawing us closer to you. And I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to hear clearly your voice and to be obedient to your leading, to walk the path of your perfect will for our lives. Help us, too, to use the gifts and talents you've given us wisely. And, Lord, one of the most important things we can do is be faithful in the little things, because... Unless we're faithful in the little things, you can't give us bigger ones. So I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to be faithful in all that you ask us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.